This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I'm recording now, but you should have put that other shit in there because that, yeah. um, that's, you know. What, uh, is all those equally uh, okay for my wife to take the supplements I asked you, or is that just for a man? Is, no, is I, I don't know that there's any difference with okay. respect to those supplements. Okay. I mean, all especially right. if she's not pregnant right now. If, there's, if something when you announce on this podcast, you got a third kid on the way? No, no, hopefully. No, 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 no. You know, some, some uh, original speculation is, oh, wait till nine months from now with everyone shut in, there's going to be a bunch uh, of... Oh, no way, no I way. I suggest absolutely not. That's yeah. not the First case. off, this is not the case. This is not like after, you know, World War II or whatever, because A, there wasn't the kind of pornography online during World War II, you know, so like that kills like so much of it. And I didn't think about that, but it's. I, I really, I really think that's like that's like a killer. That's probably it, actually. That's probably the number one thing. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I think it's also just you know very much concerned about uh, the future economy and all that stuff. And you're also not in the you know, maybe you're not in a great mood or whatever. But whatever. In the past, in the past, it does not suggest that's the case of human behavior during these times is to to procreate at an abnormally high rate. But maybe maybe you're onto it, and the, the sole reason is that. And then just the nutless monkeys don't want to report it. You, you, you got it. They don't want to admit. They don't want to admit the reason. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So where do you want to start here? List other than thanks for the, the health tips of the back backstage. I, I know that should have been on the air, but you're yeah. like, oh, I, I want to ask you something before we start, so I didn't hit record because I don't. Uh, I, I guess don't... it's difficult to, to edit. Sorry, but um, yeah, I know I ran over some, some health stuff. Uh, really changing my yeah. um, my diet. Yeah, and just stop. Yeah, stop smoking the cooked rock, and uh, you'll be fine. It's not easy to to kick though. No, no apparently not. That's, that's what I've been told. What's on your mind, man? It's. Uh, it's been like months, you know, I, I, am having a hard time figuring out how long things have been. I'm like, how long has it been since I, when I went and bought those, uh, I bought these, we, we make like sparkling water with these cartridges and I bought like, I bought out the whole store about, I think it was like a month ago. And then they closed like the day later and I was glad, but now we're running low. And I'm like, damn, how, how long ago, how, how have we gone through these things? And I'm like, I don't even remember. It's hard to remember the dates now because the days of the week are bleeding together and, have we done this for a month? Has it been a year? Like how long have we been doing this for? Yeah, just this weekend I got takeout for the first time and whatever, like whatever Rudy Gobert's night, March, whatever that was, 10th. Um, and uh, yeah, it's felt weird. It's it's weird being out with a mask on now in our new normal and time is totally, yeah, when's the weekend? There's no, I mean, I guess with my daughter and now my daughter too is on, on break too. So there's really uh, blurring weekdays and weekends as far as schoolwork too. So 
yeah, crazy time, and it's tough to wrap your head around it. Where, where do we stand here? Listen, I want to go over this article, actually, that you just recently linked to a couple hours ago that I found uh, very interesting. Yeah, it was a cool article. It was, it, this guy was writing about, he's like a da- data scientist, and he was writing, there was a lot of those dudes around, like, talking all sorts of shit, misleading everybody. But this guy basically said, you know, the problem, and I, I've heard this all over, and it's obviously true, isn't, okay, the, the death rate or the infection rate, or all these things are like, well, how many people are actually being tested? You know, we don't even know who's being tested. And in most cases, there's been a shortage of tests, and there's been a huge bias toward only very sick people being tested. And of course, most of the very sick people are older, and so you have older sick people being tested, and then the amount of deaths per positive test is very high, much higher than the flu. And there's been different numbers all over the place. Italy seems a lot higher than Germany, and it's hard to explain why. Anyway, he looked at Iceland, which is a small country that's pretty wealthy, and they were able to test kind of everybody or test sort of indiscriminately and, and test people who had no symptoms, and that was the, that was the key. And he said, like, one thing that, that made it persuasive, the results of the test, is that there were more 50-year-olds that tested positive than 80-year-olds, as there should be, because not everybody makes it to 80, so there's just more 50-year-olds than 80-year-olds at any given time. So that's how it should be. You should have, you know, if we're testing the whole population, all of us who are presumably equally susceptible to at least catching it, then whoever's the highest supply in the population, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, whatever the 20-year-olds, they should, there should be the most of those testing positive. And, and Iceland, I think that data matched as, as you would expect it to. And so they basically got a, a, a real cross-section of, of who had it. Older and, people are obviously going to be disproportionately tested because they're the ones it, that are going to be the most affected. If, if you're only testing sick people, but if you're in a place like Iceland where you're testing everybody indiscriminately or you know a swath of the po- population where you could do it ind- indiscriminately, then you can get some real numbers because you're going to catch the totally asymptomatic cases that never would have bothered to even test or a guy who had a mild cough who wouldn't have bothered to test. You're getting all of that. So those numbers are like extreme. When you look at, at the numbers there, it's extremely low. When you have everybody uh, who tested positive versus everybody who died, it's like very, like point oh three percent, you know, point three percent or something like that. It's very low. It's like flu levels or even less died. And his thesis, based on the data that he had seen, was that this thing is like way, way more contagious than the flu. That's why so many people, because people are like, well, if it's just the flu, then why are these so many old people dying? Why are hospitals overwhelmed? That's a fact. That's not like, it's not like they're making that stuff up in Italy. That would be quite a conspiracy. I mean, 300 times more likely to get it is why. Right. And I don't know if his numbers are accurate, you know, the, the total death rate and the total um, contagion, contagion rate, but... His thesis was basically like, the reason so many people are dying all at once, even though it's no more serious than the flu, is because it's so much more contagious that everyone gets it at once. So if everybody got the flu on a bad flu year, or even a a regular flu year, in a two or three weeks period, there'd be like overwhelmed hospitals from just the flu. It's just that usually the flu, it takes longer to spread. Not everybody catches it. So let's say 20 or 30% catch it or less. Here, he's saying 96% are going to catch this thing, and they're catching it all at one time, all in a few-week span. So not only are five times as many people catching this thing, but they're catching it in a very narrow span, and they're all rushing to the hospital, all the people that are older and susceptible, just like they are to the flu. And of course, the hospitals are overwhelmed, but he thinks that it's going to be a short-term phenomenon, like a three-month phenomenon from the time that you know you start the infection spreading within a month, month and a half, it's completely saturating the population. Within another month, month and a half, there's your maximum sickness, and then after... Uh, you know, a month and a half after that, it's everybody's sort of gotten better and gotten immune to it. So, uh, it's August basically, it'll open back up. 
that everything would open back up. Now, I don't know, you know if it's true, but I was having a really hard time sort of understanding how so many you know, people you know have had it, people like Rufus Peabody have had it, just people have had it, you know, Tom Hanks had it. Well, let's not get started on Tom Hanks. You got to go to Tommy G's Twitter feed and, and go down the Tom Hanks rabbit hole. That's a whole, whole different topic. But point is like a lot of people that we know have had it and they're just recovered. And, and so, you know, it's just, nothing was really adding up in terms of what is going on with this, with this thing. And this article is the first one where I was like, oh, this kind of explains it in a way that makes sense, in a way where you could see why there's so much death. And, and, and so that's not like a, you know, that, that's not like a, a conspiracy or a, a, you know, a hoax. But at the same time, it's so mild for so many people. Yeah, no, no, it totally made a, a lot of sense. First of all, I don't know why Tom Hanks is randomly tweeting 201 points ahead his wife is in cribbage or whatever that is weird well not just that not just that i mean you got to go down his latest thread i don't uh, just for the record i'm not saying that his uh theory which i don't totally understand uh that i'm subscribing to it but i'm just saying oh i'm just saying that he had a thread on tom hanks and he pointed out like some very weird things and i even looked at it he's like standing behind this bookshelf in two different you know, pictures and the bookshelf is the same shelf. Cause you can look at the wood grains. Like there's no way it's a different shelf. And yet like the books are totally different behind him. Like is who, who like empties their entire bookshelf and replaces it with a whole different set of books. So the theory is, is there some green screen stuff? Is it really the same? What are they even doing with that? I'm not saying I subscribe to it, but I just think it is. There's some very odd things that I don't have an explanation for. And uh, if you want to, entertain slash disturb yourself you might want to check out tommy g's twitter feed i'm not going to get into detail here but just just go i'm going to leave it to him to uh take you down that particular rabbit hole the overall numbers of the article do still paint a very you know ugly picture of a lot of deaths in the u.s um but just fundamentally it kind of makes sense as far as how it's spread and whatnot but then then again i come across these other articles that are just scary scary the after effects that this can have on the body so um, man, I don't, I don't know. Where, where, where do you stand on, on, on all this, the whole situation? I mean, we could, I could ask you, you know, Trump and the funding of WHO. Good riddance to that piece of shit organization. I mean, look, they had their chance, right? They were like, oh, no, this isn't a big deal. It's not, you know, contagious person to person. I mean, dude, if this thing's so important, then it's got to do its job. If it failed, not only didn't do its job, it was actually an impediment to people being prepared Fuck you. You're done. Get out of here. I mean, you had one chance. You had one job. You know, that, that Twitter thing that you had one job. I mean, how, why, I wouldn't give that thing a cent of my taxpayer money. Are you kidding me? It's a no brainer. I just, people are just dumb. They're like, Oh, Trump's doing this. It must be bad. Oh yeah. No, I've seen a lot of articles suggesting how, how wrong that is. No, it's a, it's a no brainer. That's totally corrupt. Let Bill Gates pay for it. It's his, you know, it's his project. I mean, let him pay for it. It's a private, it just get rid of that piece of shit. Why would anyone want that? Who's even arguing for that? They're just dumbest people in the world. That completely failed. It's like saying, it's like the credit ratings agencies in the 2008 crash. It's like, oh, Moody's and these, these credit, you know, they just, they were giving their, their clients or their, you know, the, the, the firms they were supposed to be rating, AAA ratings and stuff when it was total junk and they just totally failed. Like, what's the point of having ratings agencies? What's the point of having a watchdog that's not barking when the criminal comes to the door? I mean, if the dog doesn't bark, it's not a watchdog. This this thing is is long overdue. I I want that money back. I want to claw back some of the money that was sent to the WHO. Take it out of Bill Gates' pocket. It's doing his bidding. 
Thoughts on the uh, what the, the P4 lab, the news the uh, Washington Post reported, you know, that uh, they're gone there in 2018 and and said it was, you know, very, very uh, lackadaisical uh, for, for such high level security. And there's big time warnings. Or do you think this was, uh, I don't know, just conveniently placed or well, I don't know, man, it's suspicion all around. <laughs> So just to back it up, you know, so what you're talking about is there was a report in like 2018, some U.S. scientists, I think, saw this level four lab that's near Wuhan, near where the outbreak happened. And they were like, ooh, this is sloppy here. Like something bad's going to happen. Right. That was the that was the idea. And they sent a couple like well, whatever cables, whatever. diplomatic yeah. cables or whatever. And so then now this thing happens. And, you know, whether it's an intentional bioweapon or just some researcher, you know, dropping a tube and screwing up or something that happened in the in the wet market like it's it's not clear but uh i don't know i i think it's totally plausible i would believe that in a heartbeat i also don't trust the washington post and i don't trust i i don't know i i, I think that this the whole thing sounds a bit shady to me a bunch of different people that i've read a former virologist the guy who works analyzing patients scans a bunch of people that I've seen or read seem to think this is a bioweapon. This is this is a man-made thing. It's not something that randomly mutated. This one guy that I saw who was an investment hedge fund guy who used to be a virologist, he said that the, the odds of something moving from like a bat to a human and being that contagious are almost you know zero, that, that it would have to be engineered to be that contagious. If we jump from an animal to a human, the fact that it would be this human-to-human contagious would be incredibly unlikely. I don't know if that's true. Obviously, obviously, it could be true. I mean, they could still do it without people knowing. But I've heard also that bats are not even a part of the wet markets there. Right. Uh, that's right. Not that's even, right. And, and, right. I, it's, it's very hazy, the start of this. It's very, you know, so I don't, it, it smells fishy. The overreach smells fishy. I, I, look, I'm glad to self-quarantine. Better safe than sorry. I'm, I'm, I believe in the precautionary principle. Sure, Just, sure. You know what? Like, this is, okay, fine. We'll do this. Costing some money. But it's just a little, it just, it feels a bit fishy. You know, it just, the whole thing just feels a bit fishy and, and they're trampling on civil liberties and, you know, the government decides what's essential work, what's not. And, you know, they want to, there's, there's some talk about a, a vaccine or, or permission to go out once you've gotten your antibodies test. And, you know, all the, all these things run afoul of civil liberties. We talked about this and I just think that, you know, you look at 9-11, what happened, and then civil liberties were taken, and you had the whole Snowden uh, disclosures about spying on citizens and completely in violation of the Fourth Amendment, and you had, you know, the authorization of military force, which never gets repealed, and, you know, that means the president doesn't need Congress anymore, and they can just go launch these strikes. All these things that have sort of happened that now we just take for granted. It's very dangerous to suspend, oh, we'll just suspend your civil liberties for a bit because it's an emergency, and then... The emergency ends, and next thing you know, the same powers the government has are used to spy on protesters or spy on an opposition group that they don't like, and um, it's just dangerous. So I don't like that. Uh, one other thing before before I forget, uh, last week I talked about an article that said that COVID did not cause pneumonia, and there was a sort of iron metabolism issue that was similar to malaria, and it's why uh, hydrochloric, hydroxychloroquine or whatever it's called worked. That was debunked. In another article, and I retweeted that also, and so maybe that was just BS what I said last week because I don't know enough to really say it. So sometimes that's why I've been a little bit more uh, careful lately because sometimes I'll read something and be like, "Yeah, I see. That's that's it. That's why it works, and it'll make perfect sense." And then someone who knows a lot more will, will address the points one by one and be like, "Now nah, that's BS, and here's why." And I'm not exactly qualified to tell the difference, but. 
I'll just pass along that, that that thing I shared last week where there was a mechanism by which your iron metabolism getting oxygen to the lungs was disrupted and why uh, hydroxychloroquine, which works in malaria, also works for this. Well, why it would make perfect sense? That article might have been BS. That doesn't mean chloroquine doesn't work. It just means right, that that right. justification might have been BS. So I'll just... Not that like, you know, people care that much, but I just want to correct the record. I don't want to be passing on misinformation. Just like this P4 stuff, you need skepticism on top of skepticism. And having said that, like I saw some couple Forbes articles, I believe, that are mocking people that believe that like 30% of Americans believe this came out of a lab. And then further you read it, it's like, you know, oh, the majority are Republicans. They're basically just saying like they're lacking intelligence. They just believe what they hear or whatever. It's like, Wait a minute. I think it's also people with open minds who are just not willing to just believe whatever was blatantly told to them. But I don't know. Or maybe the right. reasoning behind the labs is different. But either way, just the mockery of that mainstream media is just, is just, I don't know, interesting. For them to mock people for questioning the narrative, I think like, you know, if you, I don't block people. I don't block trolls. I don't block, very rarely will I mute or block a troll or somebody who calls me out or is a total douche to me. But I block and mute blue checks with extreme prejudice. Like, I've blocked almost all those people. And it's not just that they're lying and misinforming and serving an agenda that I don't agree with. They're, if they're in my feed, and sometimes people retweet or quote tweet them in my feed, they're poisoning my ability to think clearly. They're poisoning my independent thought process. They're blocking people from getting to the issues that actually matter. They're enabling horrible behavior by the other side by focusing on non-issues that you know are draining all the oxygen out. And they're just misrepresenting the truth and they're creating these fake heroes. Like they Avenatti was a hero and now uh Fauci's the new hero, even though he was saying in January that like don't worry about this. Um this isn't a big deal. He, he certainly was uh, serious about it quicker than Trump. But still, it's, it's just stop making heroes out of everybody who disagrees with Trump. And the new one, as you pointed out when we started this podcast, the WHO. Fuck the WHO. That, they dropped the ball. They didn't just drop the ball. They went the other way. They told you not to wear masks, and they said this wasn't going to be a big deal. And they were wrong. And they also uh, didn't uh, take Taiwan seriously when Taiwan warned that this was a serious thing. And I, Have you seen that video yet where that uh, guy hangs up on the Taiwanese reporter or the Taiwanese woman who's asking him, the WHO official who's asking him, so what do you think of Taiwan? And he just pretends not to hear it, and then he hangs up, and she calls back, and then he doesn't doesn't answer his question, then he gets off the phone again? No, I'm going to look it up. I'm writing a note for myself to make sure to look it up. Anyway, it's crazy. It's like, of course that thing should be unfunded, and and stop being such an idiot where you just credulously support whoever is against Trump. No, Trump is right about some things. He's right about the deep state. He's right about the mainstream media. He's right uh, about the WHO. It's it's not, you know, it's not I'm on your team or I'm on that team. Don't be on a team. Just case no, by yeah, case. Agreed, you Agreed know? a thousand percent. And well said on a lot of things, but totally agree with anything there. One thing I want to touch on is uh you've heard about the the masks issue. It sounds more and more, or at least what I've seen, who knows the truth, is it may not have been like uh, an issue of them afraid of people hoarding. Then it might have just been purely incompetence like they had the same suggestions for the past few ones. And essentially it's lack of a hundred percent proof led to them not being able, like they just didn't want to say because it was a hundred percent wasn't that that's just some old model that they use based on language. And it's basically incompetence more so than any nefarious reason to worry about the society hoarding them. You know, the Nassim, Nassim Taleb thing, he's just been all over them with this and it's so obvious. Should you wear your seatbelt today when you get in the car? 
Well, I don't know. Is there proof that I'm going to crash today? Yeah, right, right. No, there's no proof. In fact, it's quite unlikely that you'll crash. All right. Well, then why would I wear a seatbelt? Why would I bother to wear a seatbelt? Because there's no proof that I'll get into a crash. When the cost of putting on a mask is a couple of bucks or tying something around your, your mouth when you go out, and if you're wrong and the mask doesn't help, the downside is minimal. It's like, okay, you look like an idiot. And one of their main arguments also is like, is like, oh, you'll, you'll be lackadaisical. You'll think that that's enough. Like, come on. Like, I mean, you won't start washing your hands and, as much. Any, anyone wearing a mask is obviously concerned. No one's like doing that because it's fun or, or you know, they want to look like an idiot outside. Although a real man has a very stylish mask. And when we really takes great care into uh, the look of his mask, but no one's doing it for fun. And so anyone who's doing it is already taking it seriously. So that's dumb. But the other thing is it's, it's telepathy. It's an asymmetry, right? Like the, the, if you're, you don't have to prove that, it, that the mask helps. You would have to prove that the mask was of no help whatsoever before you recommend no masks. If you could prove that the mask did nothing for you, there was zero improvement at all, then you could say no mask. But of course you can't prove that. So why wouldn't you say, yeah, just be, take a precaution, wear a mask. What's the big deal? So it's incompetence beyond incompetence. And now every single day they're saying, no, a meter's not enough. Like it's even, it's longer the distance. Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 I, it's, it's crazy, craziness. I, I'm, you know, so obviously there's just some incompetence and some honest errors and just a lot of dumb people who aren't very good in a crisis or just like first order thinkers. But I wonder how much is like, okay, now they're handing out all this money to all these busted corporations that were over levered. The economy was already creaking in September, October. I read a tweet where it says, well, you know, they had the repo market disasters in, in September, October, which showed that the system was, you know, the cracks were showing. It was like a fault line where there's a small earthquake a preview of the huge one to come. And okay. And then, so just as this crisis is getting going after we've levered up for 12 years after the first crisis and never fixed it, Someone eats a bat, allegedly, and this whole thing breaks loose. It's kind of good timing for a lot of people, and now they're just looting it and giving all this money away, and it's hard for you know people to get their 1200 and people, it's way easier for these big companies to get the money. And, and now they're trying to erode civil liberties, and, and Google and Apple are building a spyware where they can track where everyone's going, and you know, this is, and now you know, Gates is so happy to have his vaccine you know, production going on, and you know, maybe we can put a little chip that tracks you, and they get, you can have a certificate if you test for antibodies, and then you can show that you've you know, had the antibodies, so now you're allowed to go around. And you know, some of it's just idiots doing idiot things and not thinking it through, or incompetence, and some of it to me is is dangerous people trying to capitalize on this or maybe knowing in advance something that was going on. So I, it, it's very fishy to me. It, it, just, it just doesn't smell right. It doesn't smell like uh, whatever I would have imagined like the, this kind of pandemic to come from you know, naturally. This smells a little weird. It's also, isn't it a little weird that the chest x-rays are like exactly the same from the, uh, that, the, the vaping scare a couple months ago or whatever? That's a little weird. It's weird. You pointed out that in December of 2019, California had this huge surge of horrible flu cases and reports. It's just fishy, the whole thing. It's just, and you know, ever since Epstein, I mean, it's not ever, this, it went way beyond, way well before that, but like, you know, the Epstein murder and like, they're not even pretending to cover it up. It's like, oh yeah, the cameras malfunctioned and oh yeah, there's strangulation marks, but no, he just hanged himself. Don't worry. And then the prior suicide alleged attempt that he had a week before where that tape disappeared and the guards didn't show up and it's just stuff's happening and you know you don't want to get on the conspiracy road because i don't know the explanation but it just 
It doesn't smell right, any of this. I don't think they're competent enough to have the kind of control to control something like this, the markets and the fallout financially. I mean, they're competent enough to know how to loot the system when they greenlight the bailouts in a crisis. But I don't know if they can play out all the second and third and fourth order effects, and hopefully it comes back to bite them big time. But it's it's just something's not right about this whole thing. Yeah, I agree to remain skeptical. Um, I guess I meant two meters is not long enough, not, not one. Well, that's what I mean. It's getting more and more serious. You know, first, like, don't worry about it. And now that they have you, the more fear they can keep you in, the better. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll say one other thing that's just never going to be tried, ever, ever, ever. Um, we, I talked about this a couple podcasts ago. It's like the, the people who are most vulnerable to this are people with uh, insulin resistance, high blood sugar, hypertension, you know, that's high blood pressure, heart disease. And... People are sick because the foods they're eating are making them sick. And the foods that are marketed to them are poisons. And that's what's in the grocery stores, especially convenience stores, especially small grocery stores, grocery stores in in poorer neighborhoods. It's all junk. And we kind of have a chance to kill two birds with one stone. You want to kill this virus and make it, you know, less important and lower the death rate. Yeah, social distancing, great. Stop eating shit. Just stop it. I mean, our government, I don't think the government should ever enforce that i think it's free country if you want to eat shit eat shit but why can't the government people know what's up you know that guy pd mangan i follow i know what's up people i'm friends with know what's up some people this guy's a pescatarian i don't agree with that i eat meat but he knows what's up he doesn't eat shit he eats fish and eats eggs and eats vegetables and he'll eat bread and i don't but who cares right basically he knows what's up and there's this one woman who's super into this French woman out here who knows her shit and she like actually like has like a practice of it. And she thinks I eat too much protein and she eats more fat. But whatever, we disagree on the margins. Like none of us eat shit ever. Okay? Like rarely, rarely, rare, not ever, but rarely do we don't buy Oreo cookies and Doritos and shit like that, which is like the main foods in, in most markets. So people know what's up and everybody who pays attention knows what's up. This is not like esoteric knowledge anymore. The fact that the government just can't get somebody out there to say, look, you want to survive this shit, just stop eating any of this shit and say, you can eat it. We're not going to make it illegal. But to the extent we bankrupt these food producers, which they'll never say that, is the extent to which our healthcare system becomes viable, you know, becomes cheap, and, and, and we won't even need half of those guys and all these stupid interventions that they just keep, to, uh, keep making money off you rather than, than treat you, which is to stop eating the shit. It would fix both problems. It would kill two birds with one stone. We'd be done with, you know, we'd still kill some people. And even people who have uh, bad health and, and a lot of conditions would immediately get better. In a month, they would get better if they stopped eating the shit and started eating normal foods and walked around the block. I'm not talking about running a marathon. I'm talking about walking around the block every day, getting some sun and eating healthy. It would just, but nobody's trying this. Nobody's suggesting this. We'd rather shut down the entire world economy than just stop eating the fucking Doritos. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I am not a strong-willed person, and if I'm able to do it, then anyone can. I'm telling you. Of course. You, you just get used to it. So I'm telling you, yes, just change your diet. And now the mere thought of soda is just absolutely disgusting to me, and I've you know, I was been drinking it Look, my whole You're life. not 12. You know, when I'm 12, I eat whatever the hell. I grab any garbage. I love that shit, of course. When you're, you're a grown-up, you know, and if you have kids, don't feed your kids that stuff. Like, it should be such a rare thing. Like, just... You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know why people, it's peer pressure. You know, people feel, oh, I don't want to be the one parent that says no to my kid. But it's like, okay, fine, once in a while, let them do it. But like, I mean, just wake the fuck up. You're setting them up for being hooked on that shit. You know, just, just step in. What else is the point of being a parent? You know, I mean, just, just say no sometimes. Just, what else is there to research except what's healthy for you? 
what's good for your finances, what's good for your health. You know, I mean, what else is there to know about, right? It's like you're trying to preserve a prosperous life. Your health is the first variable in that. It's the number one variable before you even talk about money or your relationship with people or any of that stuff. It's your health is fundamental. It's like, how can you not go down the rabbit hole? And why, and why would you listen to the authorities on this shit? I've had more heart disease and shit since they said, oh, cholesterol is bad and don't eat animal fat and eat this sugar is okay and eat bagels and stuff for breakfast instead of eggs. That shit's killed so many people. I, I just don't know what it would take. I, I just don't know what it'll take. And, and you brought it up like, oh, the, you know, you brought it up in the, in the context of, what was the thing you said about 30% of people still think, what was that earlier in the podcast? That, uh, that, that came from the piece that was out of the lab. Right. So, oh my God, 30% of the people question the official narrative. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Who the fuck is out there who's like, oh, we dare not question the official narrative. Like, who still believes in the official narrative? I mean, how desperate do you have to be to hold on to the official narrative after what a thin, what a thin read it's provided? I mean, how, how, what, a, what a flimsy fig leaf that shit is. You know, when you see what's right. going on, almost anything you should just fade, fade the, the first thing you hear. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not that it's gotta be something else. Be skeptical, extra skeptical of the official narrative. It's just amazing. So, you know, just on yeah, food, food, go, yeah, but get it, quote unquote, get it as far as eating though. Well, everyone's addicted. They don't want to know because you're addicted, right? When, when you're addicted to something, you don't want to look at the other side. You know, it's like if everybody around you is eating this shit and you like it and you're hooked on it. And by the way, those things are designed to hook you. They're, you know, they're formulated by food scientists to hook you. You say, yeah, it's kind of bullshit. It's all kind of bullshit. Nobody knows. There's a lot of controversy around this. I'm going to keep eating this. If you take, if you seriously are just looking for the truth and you look at who's a full of shit asshole and who's funded by whom, and you just take some time to see and, and research, you will, it's obvious. And again, as I said, like not everybody agrees with me. Like some people, I told you my friend's a pescatarian. The other one is eats more fat, um, less, less meat than I do. That's fine. I, I see where they're coming from and I can't say that I'm correct and they're wrong, but I know that all of us are correct versus the, you know, whatever that food pyramid model is. Well, I know. And if you dig into the whole seed oil industry, you know, right. what happened in the past couple all of, of that. years or whatever, all of that's that. just eye opening. Raw milk versus pasteurized milk. Go research that. I mean, all of this stuff. And, and then just the, the paradigm, the framework under which it all exists, which is, which is that, um, things that people evolved with and, and who's, you know, that we've evolved to thrive with oh, animals and plants. Yeah, you did another crazy one. I'm not even going to begin to explain that, but I read that whole thing last night. That thing was deep. Was that not a deep article? Yes, it was. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evolving. No, it makes sense too. Like the the smarter you are, that doesn't necessarily mean you'd survive better given those situations. In a way, your intelligence can hurt you for sure. I I totally got. I I liked that a lot. Yeah. Well, not your intelligence. Your your reasoning. So yeah, yeah. And and this is you know the whole thing with the stats guys and all this stuff. It really makes you think. So uh, one example. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna botch it a little bit, but I'll tell it as best I can. Is that there were these hunters. And they had to hunt like caribou or whatever the hell it was they were hunting. And that was their food source they depended on. And the caribou, though, had good instincts. So, like, if caribou got killed by the, the humans, they would avoid that spot where the humans found them and killed them. And then the humans would, like, okay, well, we'll go to the other watering hole or wherever it was and kill them there and then have a successful kill. But after a while, the caribou would instinctively avoid sort of the places the humans would go. And a lot of the human tribes died. They starved to death because they would... they went in the wrong direction to find the caribou. And it might not be caribou. It might have been something else. But anyway, 
one tribe or some tribes decided that they would like take the bones of the caribou or something and burn them and the pattern in the bone of the ash or something would form sort of map and if they followed that map they would often find the caribou or often enough and the tribes that used that sort of superstitious burning map creation technique survived and it was sort of like a religious thing like this sacred way of doing this will get us the caribou and of course it was totally random. That didn't mean shit. It was just this random way the thing burnt. But by randomizing the direction in which they went, the caribou's instincts were of no help to them. It's like playing rock, paper, scissors. Like you, if the dude's throwing rock, paper, scissors totally at random, uh, you have no advantage. You can't, even if you're the best rock, paper, scissors player in the world, you have no advantage of beating a random rock, paper, scissors thrower, right? That, that is so interesting to me because these guys that are so good at it, I can't figure it out. What does it mean? Does it mean because you can't, random? no, it means, it, it means that humans, right? it means yeah. that humans are very bad at randomizing consciously. So you try to, you know, and, and he's, he wrote about it in that article where there's a yeah, study. What was the examples he gave? Uh, I forgot how he, how he, you can do like a heads or tails, right? And you could write out like sequences like heads, 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 tails, tails, heads, tails, heads, tails. And, and you write out a hundred of them. And he wrote a program that would detect whether it was a human or, or a randomizer doing it. And they could, like 80% of the time find that it was a human when it was a human because like people don't do long enough streaks. They think they have to go back or it seems fake. Um, and there's a bunch of tells that, that humans do. It's hard to do things random. And that's just with two choices. And so if you're rock, paper, scissors, like people, oh, okay, he, he threw rock and he beat me. So he's going to want to do, you know, you start to like get ahead of each other one step and one step and one step. And if someone can read the way you're trying to get ahead of them, he can get one step ahead of you and beat you, right? That's why they're good at it. But if you truly threw it random, you could play the world champion at that. And he's got no advantage. It's 50, 50. You're randomly throwing it. It's just that you can't do it randomly. And that's what these like hunters figured out. They didn't realize that it was random. They put their faith in this total superstition, which ended up being a random map, which ended up being ungameable by the animals. The animals aren't thinking it out, but there's some instinct where they would avoid places the humans would go. And it was, it turned out randomly finding them was much more effective than strategizing it. There's a lot of things like that. And so the point of that article though, was that there are a lot of things where you're like, this is idiotic. This is superstition. Look, let's figure out where to go. That would get you killed. Sticking with the superstition and basically the randomness would keep you alive. Uh, and there were many instances. There was one where there's this poisonous tuber that's plentiful in South America. And there was a way to like get rid of the it's cyanide, the poisonous in it. There's a way to like boil it and do a bunch of other stuff that's really a pain in the ass to get rid of the cyanide and make it not taste bitter. And these tribes thrived on this tuber. But the Portuguese came to South America and then they exported it to Africa where those people started subsisting on it. But they didn't take the whole tribal traditional way of getting rid of the cyanide. Just boiling it just got rid of the bad taste. And so a lot of the people in Africa that ate it got cancer from it and got, or not cancer, cyanide poisoning from it and died. Because, you know, the rational person's like, no, this tastes fine. Why are they doing all these stupid rituals, you know, to get, you know, dipping it in this liquid and doing this and doing that? But there was a reason. They just didn't know the reason anymore. But there was a process that was passed down generation to generation that worked. And when these, you know, rational people came in and, and debunked it, um, it got people killed. And so the, the idea, he was reviewing this book. I wish I, it was something like uh, The Secret to Our Success, I think is the, the title of the book. And the guy who reviewed it was, um, I don't, can't remember his name, but the blog is Star Slate Codex. It's a good blog. It's Scott Alexander. He's Scott Alexander. Really, really smart guy. Yeah. And basically he's saying that the premise of the book is the secret to human success is culture. And humans transmit culture, like your whole culture gets handed down. It's kind of like copying a computer program, like 99% faithful or 80% faithful. It's enough of a, 
of the culture gets handed down generation after generation. So we have all this generational wisdom, but at some point it gets lost, right? Like, like the food stuff, right? Like our idiotic, um, food authorities, these, these rational people said, Oh, well, you don't need, you don't need to eat meat and, you know, you don't need to eat uh, grass-fed meat or, or raw milk. You know, we can pasteurize this. We can homogenize this. We can process this and put it in a box. It'll keep forever. It doesn't spoil. And they thought that was okay. And we lost the whole cultural transmission of how to prepare food. And now everyone's got diabetes and heart disease and cancer. And it's like, oh, wait, that was really important information that got lost. And so the, and so the reasonable people, the food scientists and the corporations that said, no, 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 we can do this much more efficiently, the efficiency maximizers... You know, those people, if we were still in the wild, it would, it would be killing off the species. Luckily, we're, we are only getting, you know, chronic disease and we're able to reproduce, but it's, it's not good. You know, people suffer. It's been a tremendous amount of death and suffering because of it. First off, you, I, no doubt I could not make fire even given Flint uh, yeah. instructions. Yeah. And secondly, uh, yeah, one interesting thing you say about the, the culture thing is you basically point out that the most important thing is uh, teaching the people, uh, the, the youth, not to question the authority and, and what's happened before them, right? I mean, that was an interesting takeaway well, given now what's happening. Well, I, well, I think is sort of a, there's two forces, right? There's, there's sort of overcoming bad authority and then respecting tradition. And right. that's, there's two forces going at once. But many traditions, though you might not understand them, um, there's been a lot of wisdom baked into them and a lot of knowledge that is transmitted by the culture. And it's and basically his, the thesis of the book is that humans, big brains, it, it didn't evolve so much to use tools or to use this, though we do. It evolved to transmit culture. And that's been our big species advantage over the other species is ability to cultural store cultural knowledge. Doesn't the other primates don't do that. Um, I'll say one last thing. Do you remember the show Lost? Did you like Lost? Oh, yeah. One of the best shows. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember they, they get to that, you know, whatever that place is, and and they have to push this button in like every couple, eight hours or yeah. two hours or whatever. They have to push this button and it resets. And after a while, they start to question it, right? They're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to sit here and push this button and be on the hook for it. And they took like shifts of doing it. And they were like, what? You know, it was sort of like after a while, I was like, dude, this is just some primitive religion stuff. I don't want to just do this. And of course, they let it go once, right? And the whole thing blew up, right? It, it, they had to do it. They didn't understand why. And it was just such a great, that is exactly what this is kind of about. Right, right. No, it's very good, for sure. Um, okay, so I know you have to go to the XM show. Um, we're going to talk a little sports. Dr. Fauci kind of gave an optimistic view. What are your thoughts where we stand there? I, I Dude, I'm currently doing two uh, cut line football drafts. I sent you my real man draft already. That, that I was a good, good team. Yeah. Your only good team I've ever seen you draft. Backs. Yeah, I started four straight running backs, and then I took a fifth one in the seventh round. Um, I uh, And then baseball, too. I'm doing a final of the Rotowire Online Championship tonight at 530. It's the last day. Uh, baseball is probably not even – who knows? What are your thoughts? But I just couldn't resist it because uh, uh, I have a problem and uh, final, a final offering. So I'm doing one final baseball draft tonight, too. So what are your thoughts on sports? I mean, I hope it comes back. You know, Fauci's like, we'll have to track and surveil the players. I, I just sometimes I want to just be like, fuck off. Let them decide. Who are you? It's not up to you. It's up to baseball. It's up to these people who have rights. I just think, I don't think the fans should show up. I wouldn't go to a baseball game right now, you know, but if they want to play baseball, a bunch of guys in their 20s and 30s want to play baseball. Baseball's not basketball or football. It's pretty, you know, not that much contact going on. Who's Dr. I mean, Dr. Fauci can state his opinion, but. I feel like it's up to baseball. It's, it's going to be their risk and their reward. I, I would, 
I hope I hope they play. I hope they, you know. I think they'll. I think I think we'll see. I mean, you know, that article I thought was kind of heartening that maybe we'll be past this at a certain point. But I'm very dubious of. There's two forces. One is the people who are gaining from this situation, and there's definitely some people gaining from it uh, and gaining from control and seeing that people will be controlled easily. Um, there's that force, and there's the force of people being like, you know what, enough is enough, fuck this, I'm going out. And those two forces are going to collide. Because it's hard to get a real hold on what the real science is with this disease. This is why that paper was good, but it's also why there's something fishy. It's not easy to say, well, come on, this isn't that serious, or this is crazy serious. I mean, it's serious. People are dying. That's, there's no doubt about that. There's real human cost. But there's, there's so much doubt about how risky is it you know, after the, law, after the quarantine for a couple of months to go back out. And I'm not sure we're ever going to have the science all in. The only way maybe is if we got yeah. great antibody testing and we all saw that we had all gotten it and we we're all immune, that would be great. But barring something like that, it's just going to be a battle between the people. There's going to be some genuine people who think this is too dangerous, don't do it. Um, and, some, and some people who are like, screw you, I don't care whether it's dangerous. But I think the more serious battle is going to be from the, they're going to be from the people who are trying to control things and then the people who are like, look, we played ball for long enough. I'm just willing to take the risk. Sorry. You know, and I think, you know, in a month, it's going to be very different than it is now. So tough to make predictions. Still waiting for that antibody test um, to become more widely available. And as far as sports, I would expect the fans to be definitely not in attendance anytime yeah. soon. Well, they can give the antibody test for all the players. Yeah. Yeah. What are you saying? They, they, yeah, well, baseball just did some crazy thing too of providing a ton of information for the population to getting widely tested. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So last thing we got to go over this X, XM draft. You had me on. I I warned you. I said I don't want it. We're doing a draft of authors, right. artists, and composers. I warned you. Don't have me on. Um, I was doing a P now pod right before it too, so I couldn't even fake uh, studying for it. And um, I tried to get silly with some picks. Charlie Kaufman is a writer too soon. I wanted to later do like Larry David. Sasha Baron Cohen would have been a nice performance art, but you said no to that. No. Um, you dominated, and uh, and I looked silly, but uh, all in good fun. So did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, my team, I think I should have won, but I have a very weak link on my team. It would be kind of like doing the all-time basketball team and putting, like, you at small forward or something, and you had to be on the court. Remember we had that talk about, you know, if you had to be on the court. Uh, and I put Andy Barron's in the all-time writers list, um, which is a huge... Uh, disaster from it he brings down the list so much that it's not even close but i felt bad for the guy i'm always trashing him on these uh podcasts and on the xm show and he's not around to defend himself usually so i threw him a bone that was good and i followed that on artists you know there's picasso and instead of andy warhol i passed him up and went with chasen mathams my uh, friend from back in high school who's an artist in new york so that was yeah. uh, another one that uh, hopefully uh, hopefully lead to some, some google searches i i also was i thought i said edgar Allan poe officially but you wrote down shell silverstein and i did it mostly because i wanted to say that he uh, most people don't realize he wrote a boy named sue and i just learned thanks to someone uh t- tweeting us that there's a sequel to that uh you know the boy named the father of a boy named uh-huh. sue which is it gets even dark it gets really dark at the end there and man silverstein uh yeah so uh 
you did probably dominate this draft. Well done, Liz. And uh, you definitely uh, succeeded in making me uh, feel stupid. But I did get Good. Tolstoy after Kaufman. That was a nice steal. And with RLS, Sil- uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, just because I went to my high school there. And then Tom York and Reznor went off the reservation with some composers. But go ahead and brag about your your, your much higher brow pick. Well, I respect that you did Robert Louis Stevenson because you took a book you actually read. Unlike Tolstoy, you probably haven't read any of the books. So you're just you know drafting off of a list you found online. Uh, but I'll say something, you know, we, I don't know if you saw my tweets about all that stuff that got stuck in the tree a couple of weeks ago when we were in the park. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I was thinking about, I was made a joke like this, we could write a book on this called the taking tree rather than the giving tree. This thing just takes everything you got, uh, doesn't give it back. One last thing I wanted to say before we uh, shut this down, because I do have to shift to uh, XM. We're doing a periodic table draft. We're drafting elements. Uh, that's where it's gotten to uh, on the XM show. Yeah. But I want to just uh, give a shout out to uh, Ted Bell. He's back on Twitter. He wasn't just suspended. He was banned. His account is not returned to Twitter uh, for talking some shit about politics. I mean, really, that to me is, is an outrage. Like, okay, Ted Bell can be kind of a dick. He's a caustic dude. You know, I understand. I get it. I am too. You know, he's a dick sometimes. But like, you can't shut down someone's free speech on a platform when he's not threatening anybody. Dude, that is just... That is scary, you know, and I almost think like I should like open my DMs up and say everybody who wants to uh, give me an email and create an email list for my Twitter followers because you really can't trust that platform anymore. They shut down Ted Bell for like nothing, basically nothing. And check out his uh, shared interest podcast. Anytime uh, censorship happens in that kind of way over nothing dangerous, nothing that remotely, and I believe in, you know, free speech, even if it is dangerous, but this is not even, it was kindergarten stuff. They shut him down. Uh, I want it to backfire. So I hope he gets more of a following. Uh, he's got a new Twitter handle. I don't know what the hell it is, but just look for uh, Ted bell. Look for the people that I follow or Dalton follows. I refollowed him recently. So it should be toward the top of my list and uh, check out his shared interest podcast. Listen to it, download it, share it because Again, if somebody screws over somebody, I want that to backfire. You know, Twitter's going to say, okay, we'll shut him down. Hopefully he has four times more followers on this account, more listeners to his podcast. Anytime that happens, you want the corporation to achieve the opposite effect that they intend. So, Yeah, he provides very strong info for sure. I didn't look at yeah. anything, but I guess, I guess it makes I mean, sense. It's been a couple of weeks. I mean, now, then, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's really, it's really ridiculous. All right, man. Yeah. Oh, I know you got to go, but I just want to say that you, uh, I, I caught uh, that you said that there's a John McEnroe story that's too R-rated for the XM, so you're saving it for the podcast, so let's leave a cliffhanger for next week when you tell this story. Uh, it's not R-rated. It's just like, I don't, it was my friend told me it's hearsay, and it might get, it could, it might uh, get uh, McEnroe in trouble maybe if, if we're, it's not like in big trouble or anything, but it's not like anything that bad at all. It's actually hilarious, but... I don't know if it's true is the problem. Maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll couch it in that language and uh, tell it next week. All right, good stuff, man. All right, All right take it easy, Dalton. Take it easy. Later, man.